It is time once again for the BitMart Brain Trust on the BitMart NFT 101 podcast channel and also on the BitMart YouTube page. I am your host. For some reason, Matt Ryan, I am joined by two people who are much, much smarter in the world of NFTs and in the world of crypto than I. It is my cohort in crime, the host of the Crypto Conversations, Nathan Simone, and Kaliche Ebay, who is a member of the BitMart Brain Trust. Nathan, how are you, my friend? You know, I'm doing pretty well, and I just wanted to say that the reason why you're chosen as the host of this podcast is because you're the good-looking one, so that's why. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> And the best voice, too. Yeah, smooth voice, smooth like butter. But, Kalichi, how are you, my friend? Uh, we, we It's been a busy week here at BitMart, and um, I'm glad to see both of your faces. Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, doing crypto stuff, as always. Um, <laughs> trying to get more customers for BitMart, um, pretty much. So, it's been a busy week, to say the least. And yeah, if- it's it's been it's been pretty uh, crazy over here as well. But you know, Matt, it's funny because last week when we were talking with Taekwon Crypto, we were talking all about consensus, and Matt wasn't there. Consensus, and no. now the tables have flipped, where Matt has kind of been uh, he's been at NFT NYC a little bit, and so maybe he can shed some light onto some of the happenings there because he they almost made him a speaker. Did you know that? <laughs> oh wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so exciting. it was frightening. Uh, uh, this week it was NFT NYC. And if you want to help Kalichi by becoming a member of BitMart and trading on BitMart, click the link in our description below. And if not, go to bitmart.com, use the code BSMART at sign up. That lets us know you're listening and watching NFT 101, wherever it is you like to watch and listen to us talk to you. And yeah, no, on Wednesday, I was at Town Hall, a venue that I've seen Pat Oswalt perform at. I've seen Bernie Sanders speak at one of the most well-known concert and event venues in New York. It's a beautiful old building. And our own Victoria Fang was speaking as part of a panel, and that is actually going to be on our YouTube channel. The whole panel uh, from NFT NYC is up there. It's about building NFT communities and also NFT gaming, something we've spoken about on the show numerous times before. Uh, So that wasn't really the true convention experience because the convention spread out all over New York. So, well, all over Midtown Manhattan. So there were events all over the place. There were events by the water. I think Board Ape Yacht Club was throwing some sort of party where they booked Heim and LCD Sound System, which which in terms of like, I love LCD Sound System. I've been a fan of theirs for at least a decade, but... To, to have that in Heim, I don't know if that if that falls into music NFT heads would listen to. Uh, I, I don't know if alt or electronica rock from the mid-2000s and 2010s is is something that falls into that pocket, but, but I don't know. I, I'm just the person who asks questions. But on Thursday, I almost ended up as a speaker at NFT NYC, which <laughs> if you listen to this show, if you watch this show, out of all three people here, I am the 50th <laughs> most likely to be speaking and giving a keynote. And and I'm actually going to be a keynote speaker. I'm going to be a, I'm going to be host I'm going to be the guest of a Q&A in August and we'll have more info about that as that develops, but that's been a hilarious conversation of like, all right, we need we're going to have Matt do a talk. 
Well, but wait, wait, wait. We should clarify. The talk that you're going to be giving, you actually will be an expert on well, the yeah. topics because it's going to be sports, sports culture, NFTs, and the relation of that, which you're, I mean, you learn about that literally every single Monday through Friday because you report on that and you look into it and you're an actually a sports fan. I just think it's hilarious. First of all, the word keynote makes me think of Steve Jobs, like giving <laughs> right. a keynote speech. <laughs> right. And I just want, I'd like to think of Matt in like a turtleneck sweater at NFT NYC, just to expounding upon all this stuff and you know there's a lot of new people in the crypto space so he could probably fool a lot of people too oh i was in my full i am the music man i am here to sell band uniforms like they moved up the time so i'm schlepping into the city and i find out like as soon as i get off the train hey this starts 10 minutes earlier than it did and i'm like oh i am i am going to the wrong hotel because it's at the marriott marquis and not the hilton which i thought it was so i ha so it's a two block difference but i hustle myself over there i'm like i'm in a dress shirt and jeans and it feels like it's soup outside like it's just muggy it feels like florida but but better because it's not florida but i'm i'm running up there and i get there and I'm like, I'm putting down my bags. I'm like, Victoria's on her way. She'll be here shortly. We were just made aware of the time change. And Victoria says, hey, you can speak if you want. You <laughs> and, I, and, I'm, and I just look like I just took a bath. Like I am just covered. And, I, I, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I'm rationalizing in my head. I'm like, okay, okay. I, I ping Nathan. Hey, I might be speaking at this thing. This is weird. And, and thankfully she got there on time. And, and we and she gave a great a great gave a great talk gave a great presentation that Nathan helped put together he helped build the deck for that and if you want we can drop that on the Bitmart YouTube channel a little bit later this week this episode of NFT 101 dropping on a Tuesday and not a Monday but we will have that for you every single week we here we're here with NFT 101 and the Bitmart Brain Trust but guys it's been a long week inside the bear market. And we've had some great conversations coming up this week. We're going to be talking with uh, the head of Blue Chip, which is an NFT exchange for fine art to where not only if you buy the art, you buy the NFT, you have the opportunity to buy that piece of art and burn that token. And it includes Andy Warhol works, Mark Rothko works, uh, Keith Haring works. That's an interesting concept to kind of blend the fine art world into NFTs. And it kind of goes into the DeFi conversation that we've been trying to get off the ground on this show for what feels like a month now. But Kalichi, if you want to break down your thoughts on that and also just a little bit on DeFi and what it actually is for our listeners. I mean, DeFi, DeFi, decentralized finance. Um, I would say it's just basically bringing the the traditional world of finance into uh, the blockchain ecosystem, but just getting rid of the, all the mid, uh, the middlemen um, and all the, I guess, overheads that comes with traditional finance. And basically um, those yields that, you know, you get in, in, in DeFi that is very attractive. It's just, I guess the result of getting rid of the middleman and getting rid of like overheads, like there's no office buildings when it comes to DeFi, you know, all, all the, the transactions is, just, is powered by smart contracts where all the stuff is just automated. And that makes it very attractive, you know, because again, 
you're not you don't have to do with all this overhead and um the DeFi market is one that is um you know when it comes to crypto there's this like like waves there's this like trends um and we can we can all say we can all agree that you know the last year or so the trend has been nfts right but prior to that like i think it was uh, 2020 like DeFi was the big thing you know back then no one talked about nfts um it was like you know these particular uh when you talk about like the compounds you know the aves um you talk about synthetics you talk about um even in in, in a lesser degree not a lesser degree, but Celsius and these like CFI platforms that um, offer you like great yield that is way better, like a hundred times better than traditional finance where you're not making anything on your money pretty much. You know, you put your money, you work so hard, you put it in a bank and Chase pays you like 0.5% APY in a year. So like DeFi became this kind of... Um, breath of fresh air where you know you are now first of all it's open globally you know it's not um you can be in africa and you can still be earning like a lot a lot when it comes to your money than putting it in your bank in africa or even your if even making more apy than people in the united states in DeFi. you know so it's just this attractive new industry that just came about and it became very popular. But I mean, now with the bear market, you know, it's probably not so popular because everybody's just trying to get like stable coins and, and, and kind of like save their money. But DeFi, DeFi is one of those um, big trends that came out like a few years ago, but NFTs is kind of like the dominant like, topic right now. Well, and I was gonna say, Kalichi, you, you brought up all the positives of DeFi, but with those, you know, there's nothing that's wholly positive or wholly negative. Almost everything in, in life is, is this balance, is this nuance, is this mix. And so people love, you know, we were joking about this at Consensus. We saw somebody who advertised something like an 8,000% yield. And let me tell you how yields work. It doesn't matter whether it's DeFi or traditional finance or whatever. If, some, if you're lending somebody an asset, it doesn't even have to be money. It could be whatever that you're getting a yield on. And they're giving you a yield. The way that that works is the only way that somebody's going to play that game is if they're getting a bigger yield okay so then your next question should be what are they doing in order to get that yield and that is where DeFi falls short and what you're seeing with celsius blockfi with the reason why blockfi is having to be bailed out by ftx by all these people is that they because they're not subject to the banking laws currently under traditional finance there's not a lot of transparency as to what they're doing with these assets in order to get those yields uh, you know, this was a couple episodes ago where I talked about the word, the word, ladies and gentlemen, is rehypothecation. Okay. <laughs> they take those assets and they do something else with them to make the yield. And if you don't know what they're doing with them, you can't assess how risky or how safe they are. And unfortunately, that has that is what has happened with Celsius and other platforms. And literally right now, if you are a customer of Celsius, you can't withdraw your assets from the platform. So it doesn't matter whether you're making 100% a day and you're doubling your money per day. If you can't get it out and you don't own that money, that's a problem. And so DeFi has many positives. I agree with you on that, Kalichi, but it's still got some growing pains to go through and you should be cautious of that as an investor. Yep, that's true. 
that is definitely true um it, because they they in order for um blockfi or you know voyager or celsius in, in order for them to pay like for example a stable coin um apy of eight percent they have to be making at least you know obviously more than eight percent in order to be able to pay that uh that apy and you know what they do is you know they take your you know because in order you're putting your your bitcoin on on the app right and they, what they're doing is they're taking your bitcoin and they're using it to they're, they're lending your bitcoin out to people like institutions or people who want to like like shut the market or you know basically just play the market and um yeah it, it can be very risky and you're giving them you're literally giving them you know access to your crypto and when the market turns, you know, bearish, um, like you can, you can lose your, your your crypto. So, not your keys, not your coins. It's it's a it's a very popular saying in crypto. And uh, yeah. So if you're someone just walking into the crypto space or walking into the NFT space, right now isn't the time for DeFi. But how do you, if you're deep into DeFi and you can't get any of that currency out? How negative does how much does that sour you on the concept of crypto and non-fiat, non-centralized exchanges or non-centralized currency? Because if I had all of this and I just couldn't get it, it feels like the plot to It's a Wonderful Life. Like your 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 crypto isn't in the bank. It isn't at the saving <laughs> building and loan. It's at Jimmy's house. It's at Kalichi's house. It's at, you know, Baba Bowie's house. Like, how do you rationalize that to someone who and or keep crypt, crypto positive in a situation like that. We don't want to go down the route of having me do my Jimmy Stewart impression. That's not what this show is all about. Um, I'll just say this real quick, and then I want to hear Kalichi's answer. People often talk about crypto in this broad space, and they don't realize that crypto is such a nuanced term. That's like saying that a hamburger is the exact same thing as a banana. And you're just like, they're both technically food, but it's... If you eat hamburgers all day, you're going to have a very different body type and health problems than if you eat bananas all day. Um, so it's like you get into these things where it's like, well, there's some tokens that are only meant to get yields, right? That's a lot of these DeFi tokens that are on the protocols. Uh, some of the stable coins are supposed to have yields. But then when you're talking about lending out Bitcoin to get a yield, that's like that's like me collateralizing my house to get a uh, to get equity out of it or something like that or me selling a car or there's just so many differing ways that you could you could look at this and the defi crisis i guess if you want to call it that it's not defi's problem itself there's nothing wrong with the defi system it has to do with humans that are in control of the system that got greedy that built a bad system and they had maladapted incentives and you know they I don't know why we're not aware of this because it's happened five times, at least in crypto. They aren't aware that when the market goes down, you have problems and you got to plan for those problems. And if you don't, you get what's happening right now. Kalichi, to you. Right. I mean, you know, you when, you when you're active in DeFi, you know, basically you're either just, you know, basically staking your cryptocurrency um, to receive yield. Or if you're really, really into DeFi, you're probably doing some form of borrowing, uh, lending and borrowing. Um, and that can come, that can come, you know, the, the, there's risk attached to that because you can get what is called a margin call. 
Um, so, you know, for example, if you get, you know, if you um, have Ethereum um, and then you basically um, put your Ethereum, say you have 10 Ethereum and you want to borrow, um, like say, say the 10 Ethereum is worth $100,000 and you want to borrow $50,000. Um, you basically lock all your Ethereum um, and you get a, a loan to value ratio of, you know, 50%. Basically, you can get 50% um, value of your entire ETH. So in this case, you get $50,000 and they give you a margin call. Like they, they have not a margin call, but you have uh, to a certain amount that if the ETH price dropped too, you're basically giving them permission to liquidate and sell your Ethereum to recover that loss. So, you know, in, in a bull market, everything is like, you know what, everything is great. You know, you actually, your, your 100,000 Ethereum can actually be even worth more. It could be worth $120,000. Um, and at that point, you know, there's no uh, fear that you're going to get liquidated. Maybe at that point, the price of Ethereum was $3,000 and now the price is $4,000. So you have a lot of like wiggle room, so to speak, because the usually the, the margin call will be around, you know, maybe 1500 or so. So the, if the price of Ethereum like does not go down to 1500, you're still, you're still good. But once you start approaching, like what just happened right now with the, the, the sell-off happening in the market, you know, the price, once the price of Ethereum starts going to like $2,000 or 1800, now you start getting margin call. Like you need to add more Ethereum. You basically, you need to add more Ethereum to avoid losing your 100 ETH that you've locked in as a collateral. And, that is very tricky because at, at times like that, it's, it's very hard for money to come by because everything is going down. So most people just, they're just like tied. Like they're just kind of in a, in a very tricky position because they don't have fiat and they don't have enough money to go like buy more ETH and everything is just going down in price. So if you're not careful, you end up losing all your Ethereum. And meanwhile, if you just huddle and just, you know, not do anything, you're not exposing yourself to that risk, you know, but obviously in the bull market, people want to like, you know, rather than just sell their Ethereum, they just want to borrow against it. And that is a smart play, you know, to be honest, in the bull market, it's a smart play, like rather than selling 100 ETH, you just lock it as a collateral, take, you know, 50,000. And if the market just keeps going up, you know, nothing happens, you know, and you can, you can pay that 50,000 back and just get all your 100 ETH at the much higher valuation if the, if the market keeps going up. So there's, there's pros and then there's cons. And it, it seems like right now there's a litany of cons in doing that. There is a significant upside, but once you start delving into margin calls and delving into mass liquidation, we're seeing a lot of exchanges, or not a lot, but a few exchanges going through, and a lot of currencies going through some of the issues surrounding that right now. Right now, if you, if you were speaking to someone who is getting into the market for the first time, whether it's NFTs, whether it's crypto, what, outside of saying... Ethereum and Bitcoin are the two stable, you know, those are the old reliables. That's like buying stock in Apple or Coke or McDonald's. Like those are the brand names. 
And the, in just your opinion, because remember, folks, we're not soliciting advice. We're not giving advice. The whole thing at the end of the podcast explains we're just com- we're just conversing, and these are just opinions. But right now, if someone's entering the market, how do you welcome them through the door in a time of what people are calling a crypto winter in this time of un- unmitigated uncertainty? Yeah, <clears throat> it is. I mean, you know, once again, I don't know if I would consider myself an OG in the space, but I've been into crypto recreationally since at least 2016, 2017. Um, so I've seen this cycle happen before. It's a cycle that seems really natural to crypto and um, is probably not in other regulated markets. You know, people people don't like it when stocks go down 8%, but you know, Bitcoin has been known many, many times in its history to go down 80%. And once you get used to that, and once you know that that is what's happening, you cease to view this as like the Great Depression or a terrible thing. Um, and you kind of try to guard against it. I'd say out of old reliables, you want to go to CoinMarketCap, you want to go to CoinGecko, you want to go to someplace that lists all the coins in one place. The um, the n- This is not a plug for them, but the CoinDesk 20 is always very helpful to me, where it's the 20 top coins by market cap and utilization. And you want to understand in the same way that you'd understand stocks, right? You'd want to understand what a company is doing and why this stock is potentially valuable. You'd want to understand why a project is has a market capitalization, why it's at the top of the list, and what it's doing. So in the same way that you wouldn't buy Apple stock just because somebody said buy Apple stock, you'd buy it because you say, well, they make iPhones, they make computers, they have all this software, I see it everywhere, seems like it's not going to go away. Um, you'd say the same thing about Cardano, which is one that I've recently gotten into. Um, you'd say the same thing about Solana. You'd say the same thing about any of these top name projects. And if you ask the questions, what are you doing? What is the utility? It's just a couple quick Google searches away to figure out why they're so popular. And so, you know, bear markets are not a time for gambling, in my opinion, unless you're just a natural gambler and you have lots and lots of money. Uh, and hey, go ahead and take that risk if you want to. But I would say if you're just entering crypto for the first time, you know, hey, there's an upside. The upside is a lot of amazing projects are on sale right now if you have the money and you just need to understand them. And I'd go to YouTube, I'd go to podcasts like this, I'd go, I'd just, you know, type in what is and then project name. And if it interests you, I'd keep going down that rabbit hole because you got nowhere to go but up. Right. I mean, people who are coming into the, the market at this time, they're, they're extremely lucky uh, because, you know, they don't have to deal with, you know, what, you know, most other people deal, dealt with, like when the market was, you know, in the bull market, like when Bitcoin was like $68,000, Ethereum was $4,000, you know, inching towards $5,000. Um, you know, like Nathan said, like you are literally getting it getting um this, these cryptos at a discount um so i mean at that point like what's left for you uh, as uh, or anybody listening uh, is to do your own research like find out why these cryptos are in the top 20 um and top 10 because obviously if they have that high of market capitalization a lot of people see a lot of value in in them so you know for example you know ethereum will be um, like the ethereum ethereum cardano solana they're like blockchains where you know you can build all kinds of like dapps you know like you know decentralized like exchanges you know nfts um 
all kinds of stains, right? And it's it's that utility that you that makes them valuable. Um, so just going down the rabbit hole and understanding why this is powerful, understanding that this could potentially um, change the way we do finance, you know, you know, in the future. I mean, essentially, that's what everybody in crypto is investing in, right? We're investing in the future that blockchain technology will eventually replace what we do in the in the current like, you know, traditional finance, you know, industry. And blockchain will make it more effective, more efficient, and you know, and basically take out all the middlemen um, out of the picture, and basically give more access to people all across the world, and not just in a particular like geographical location. Who you know, uh, who can get access to those things? And yeah, just just learn, just keep learning. Um, will be my advice. Um, and just you know, invest what you're comfortable losing. That's that's the advice there. That, that is a that is a huge one. I, yeah. I want to reiterate that to people because I I understand that I had to learn a lot of financial education myself. My father was pretty decent with doing it, but when it came to crypto, I mean, come on, my my father's almost seventy years old. I I keep trying to explain to him what crypto was, or what it what it is. I'm sorry. So I I would I would definitely go with. Please, please, if you're going to, once again, we don't solicit investment advice. We don't give any of that sort of legal advice. My, but my personal thing would be only invest free money that you do not need for other things. You see how volatile the market is. You see what it's like right now. This needs to be money that you're okay with spending on something that potentially may not be worth anything. Now, if you followed our advice about looking for the utility of the project, looking at the top market caps, understanding what's going on, I don't think that you should have much reason to worry. I certainly don't worry about the crypto that I, ho I have because of all that. But if you're investing only what you can, you know, uh, afford to lose and your dollar cost averaging, you know, it's fine to only invest $25 in something, $50 in something. You don't have to buy. We talked about unit bias on the last episode. You do not have to buy a whole Bitcoin in order to make it worth it. You can buy $25 worth of Bitcoin and you will still be ahead of having $0. You can dollar cost average in these projects. And right now in a bear market, you're getting stuff on sale. You can learn how to hold stuff with a hardware wallet. If you've never heard of a hardware wallet before, I want you to look up what is a hardware wallet and how does it help me secure my crypto. Um, tiny amounts, only invest what you can afford to lose. Secure it yourself. You will be miles and miles ahead of anybody that got wrecked in the market. And it's unfortunate that people do have to get wrecked in the market, but such as how markets operate and especially in this crazy crypto world that we're in right now. Yeah. And all the, the geopolitical events too, like the wars and like everything going on, like the fed, um, like the interest rate hikes. Um, most of those things really affected the market and no one saw that coming. You know, everything was, you know, one day everything was rosy and the next day like wars and interest rate hikes and the market just collapsed. And it wasn't just crypto. It was also the traditional stock market, um, like Apple, PayPal, like Netflix. I mean, they're all down 70, 80%. Um, and because crypto is now uh, like a dominant investment vehicle, it's correlated to the stock market in a way. So when the stock market goes down, like crypto goes down even harder um, because it's very volatile. So yeah, the advice of investing, what you're comfortable like losing, it's always a good advice. Always a good advice. And this is this is a show that's looking to bring stability to instable times. And 
couldn't think of two people better to break it on down while I sit here slack-jawed like someone who just fell off a turnip truck wondering what half of the stuff you're talking about means. I'm kidding, of course. I know, like, three-quarters of it. But Kalichi and Nathan, again, another amazing episode of NFT 101. If they want to follow you on social media, all you got to do is look in the description of the podcast version or the video version. It is CryptoNathan76 or EbayKC824 on the Twitter machine. And you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Ryan Yells. And at any time, you can go to BitMart Exchange on Twitter. That is BitMart Exchange on Twitter. Across social media, all the info is in the description below. Next week, we'll be back with another edition of the BitMart Brain Trust. We may have a special guest joining us next week. And it's a, it's fun to shake things up a bit to have a, a great crew of people to talk about some of the bigger issues going on in the world of NFTs and crypto. We got a little super serious on this episode. We started out a little wacky. And then we ended up super serious, so now I kind of need to, like, throw a pie at somebody or something. I'll, I'll, I'll whack Zanerific ending. I don't have anything to juggle. But, but, gentlemen, thank you as always. And this has been the Bitmart Brain Trust Episode 5, the quest for peace, the search for Spock. I don't remember which one it was, but every odd number Star Trek movie is crap, according to Simon Pegg on Spaced. So I'm going to go with that theorem. But gentlemen, thank you so much as always. And for all of us here at BitMart, we'll see you on the other side of next week. Thank you for watching BitMart Brain Trust. Hey, Nathan here from BitMart. Hope you liked that conversation. I know that I always do. It's great learning more about crypto and kind of putting a face behind all the technical jargon. But that's not the last thing we have to do. We've got to get some legal stuff out of the way. And so here it goes. All opinions and actions expressed and undertaken by the hosts and guests are individual opinions and actions and do not reflect the views and actions of BitMart. BitMart does not guarantee the accuracy, applicability, reliability, integrity, performance, completeness, or appropriateness of this content. The value of digital currencies can go up or down, and there can be a substantial risk in buying, selling, holding, or investing in digital currencies. You should carefully consider whether trading or holding digital currencies is suitable for you based on your personal investment objectives, financial circumstances, and risk tolerance. BitMart does not provide investment, tax, or legal advice. Use of BitMart services is entirely at your own risk.